So this morning's scripture is taken from Joshua, uh, chapter 24, verse 15. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors who served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. There is a word from the Lord today, and I'm honored to share it with you in a sermon that I've entitled, As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you for your word and the opportunity to serve your mighty and holy name. I ask your blessings on all who may hear this word, <clears throat> and that it may find good soil and take good root, so that all we say and all that we serve the Lord, and all we do may serve the Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Let us all say amen. Forty years. Forty years. Forty years in the wilderness. In the text that we're studying, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, we see Joshua, who is now the leader of the Israelites, there at the threshold of entering the promised land. After how long? 40 years. <clears throat> 40 years in the wilderness. Now, this wandering has nothing to do with how close they are to the promised land. Biblical scholars will tell us that the total straight line distance between Egypt and Canaan is 5,270 miles. If they walked one mile every day for nine months, they would have made it to the promised land in nine months instead of 40 years. And God's original plan was for Israel to take that promised land in days, not decades. But it took Israel 40 years. It took those Israelites 40 years to be ready. Now, why did it take them 40 years to be ready? Uh, they were not ready because of their lack of faith. Because of their lack of faith. Look at the things that they did. They worshiped other gods. They disobeyed God's command. And you know what else they did? They complained. They complained about everything but you know what God is faithful even when we are not so at long last the Israelites were at the doorstep of the promised land and so Joshua gathers all the Israelites together and he reminds them of what God had done for them he reminds them of God's call to Abraham and Sarah. He reminds them of God's deliverance through the plague of their Egyptian slave masters. He reminds them of their escape through God parting of the sea. And then Joshua asked this question. And he asked this question of the Israelites. And, he, and this is a question I think we need to ask ourselves today. Are we here to serve God? Are we here to serve God? 
And then Joshua makes his own stance. He makes his own stance really clear of that. He says, as for me and my household, huh, we're here to serve the Lord. As for me and my household, we're here to serve the Lord. But are you here to serve God? So the fundamental question for all of us and all of our households is exactly where are we? Where do you stand? Where do I stand? We need to think clearly about this. We need to think carefully about this. And we need to think correctly about this. Because simply we are here to serve God. Now Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, 15 and 16, he says this, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. And because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Now, the topic of being a lukewarm Christian can be a hard one for all of us to work through because it means that we are going to confront a lot of our behaviors that have become our normal way of life. And I say this because I can admit that I have been there as a lukewarm Christian. So what is lukewarm faith? Lukewarm faith, as Jesus said, means that we're neither hot nor cold. And in the context of faith, the lukewarm is someone who hasn't blatantly denied Jesus but someone who hadn't blatantly said he's living for Jesus either. They've taken the lukewarm faith, faith in name only, but not in action. And that's what Joshua wanted to know when he gathered the Israelites. As painful as it may be us to face, this is the same question that we should be knowing about ourselves. We have to answer it for ourselves. Are we hot? Are we cold? Or are we lukewarm? For you see, the lukewarm Christian, whether he's in the pews or the pulpit, is a dangerous Christian. A lukewarm Christian is someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, but lives as they're, they're sufficient in themselves and they don't need him. They may attend church. They may be on the usher board. They may be on the steward board. They may even be in the pulpit, but they are content in their own ways. And they rarely apply what they learn if they learn anything. The lukewarm Christian can go a lifetime fooling themselves and others about their faith. We see that type of behavior described in Revelation 17. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That text describes people who are so confident in themselves that they seemingly have no need, absolutely no need for God, 
but they will tell you that they are Christian. Because they believed they had no need for them, they remained neutral when they should be standing for the Lord. Instead of standing for righteousness, they compromise. That is why being a lukewarm Christian is so dangerous. Lukewarm Christianity teaches Christians that compromising our faith is acceptable. It's okay. It's cool. It's all right. Instead of standing for righteousness. Lukewarm Christianity encourages the body of Christ to remain neutral. Think about this. If during the civil rights movement, the body of Christ, if churches would have remained neutral, particularly the African-American church, and some churches did, if they remained neutral, the civil rights movement in many ways, the Underground Railroad and other things wouldn't have happened because folks were sitting on the sidelines. There were enough people doing that already. So Joshua wanted to know where the Israelites stood on the question of serving the Lord because he knew it was better really to be cold than to be a lukewarm Christian. It's better to be cold than a lukewarm Christian. A cold Christian is typically well aware of their choice to live for themselves or to join another belief system. But again, a lukewarm Christian is one that is either falling away so slowly that they don't recognize their own complicity in this falling away. Or it's someone who is still trying to figure out how to get the best of both worlds, how to be in both camps. In either case, they introduce themselves to a level of deception that is both confusing and damaging damaging to themselves and damaging to the church. Lukewarm Christianity can cause the church to stop doing the will of the Lord and begin living for themselves. What's worse, it teaches us that we can do things without consequence. A teaching that perverts the grace of God and the very heart and will of the gospel. Now, a young lady by the name of Alanda Tanner, who is a really good Christian blogger who happens to live in Alaska, has identified several signs of being a lukewarm Christian. And I want to present three of those signs that we should consider. First, a lukewarm Christian is content with living without Jesus. A lukewarm Christian has no desire whatsoever to spend any time with God in prayer. But again, remember, they said that they were Christian, but they have no desire whatsoever to spend any time with God in prayer. They have no desire to spend any time worshiping God. They have no desire to spend any time in the Bible, and they have no desire to spend any time working alongside and serving with other Christians. The second thing that a lukewarm Christian does is they ignore teaching and conviction. They don't allow others, the Holy Spirit or even the Bible, to counsel them. 
they would rather find counsel in self-help books or other non-Christian sources like stuff on the internet. And finally, a lukewarm Christian would rather remain neutral than be set apart. A lukewarm Christian would rather remain neutral than be set apart. A lukewarm Christian is not going to pick sides. A lukewarm Christian uh, will run from the responsibility of choosing between righteousness and worldliness and will fight to create a middle ground where they remain neutral in an attempt to gain the best of both worlds. Jesus said it again in Revelation 3, 15, 16. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will do what? Spit you out of my mouth. But my brothers and sisters, there is hope for the lukewarm Christian. There is hope for us. And I submit to you on this Christian journey, all of us from time to time have gone into that lukewarm territory. I speak from personal experience. But there's an answer. And the answer is to choose Jesus over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Choose to get in the word. If you're not coming to Sunday school or if you're just coming to Sunday school, you need to add Bible study. And if you're just going to Bible study, you need to add Sunday school because you got to get in the Word. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school. The more you get in the Word, the less you're going to become a lukewarm Christian. You got to choose Jesus by aligning yourself with some hot Christians and involve yourself in serving the Lord. I am so proud and pleased that as the pastor of this church, I get to involve myself with hot Christians all the time because they keep me grounded. They keep me in the word. They keep me doing what we need to be doing. If you don't surround yourself with some hot questions, you will become lukewarm. And if you and your household are not serving the Lord, you and your household are lukewarm Christians. But again, as I said, there's hope. And if you and your household want a relationship with the Lord, you want to stop being a lukewarm Christian and, and, and go to being a hot Christian, or if you're a cold Christian and you want to go to being a hot Christian, I want you to pray with me, please. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm cold. I'm lukewarm, and I want to be hot for you. I want you to be in my household. I want you to be my household, and I want to serve you, and I want to serve you only. Come into my life and save me so that I can learn how to be hot for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you are saved. 
but you need a body of believers, as I said, to help you grow your faith because here's what happens. Even though you, you prayed that prayer, you may be hot today. You may be saying, oh, gosh, I love the Lord, but breaking the habit of being lukewarm is hard. And the devil will challenge you probably before the sun sets today. So that is why I'm, I'm urging you to get with a body of believers. And New Bethel can be that body for you. In a few moments, I am going to invite the members here at New Bethel to answer the call. But if you're listening to this message, either on the internet or on the podcast or however you may access the message, here's what I'd like for you to do. You can reach out to me on my cell phone. You can call me at 608-358-1309. That's 608-358-1309. You can even call me or leave me a text. Let's start a conversation about your faith. Let's get it on today. Because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And now for our benediction. A covering of God's grace until we meet again. May you and your household live and thrive in the sweet service of the Lord. And may you never grow cold or lukewarm in your faith. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Let us all say amen. Take care, everybody. Saints, it's your faithfulness to New Bethel that enables us to do the work of the Lord. You can give to New Bethel by going to our website, www.nbcdublin.com, or you can text NBC150, that's NBC150, to 888-364-4483, or you can give by mailing to us, and you can mail your contribution to Post Office Box 1690, Dublin, Georgia, 31040. Blessings, and thank you.